Good morning, Rotobotters. How's it going on out there? Pete Davidson back with another version of the Rotobon podcast. It's early Sunday morning, so we could only uh, be talking about DFS. I am sorry I did not get this thing out yesterday. Uh, actually, had a really nice day of preparation. I would have loved uh, to have recorded yesterday, but <laughs> it's one of those things like we, we had plumbing issues uh, and it sort of came to a head on Friday and it was one of those, okay, we have to call the plumber kind of things. Um, which, you know, was going to be extremely inconvenient, but not something that was going to, like, totally submarine my day. Um, because the guy wasn't supposed to get here till 11. So I, I, my thing was I was going to wake up really early. I was up at 5.30 yesterday working on the slate and all that kind of stuff. And then at around 9.30, I'm like, okay, I think I've got it. I can record now. <laughs> and as I go to record, I'm like, okay, i got an hour and a half. No problem. I can sort of go slow. I don't have to rush. Uh, and then I realized that my neighbor right across the street, and they've got this big long hill uh, up to their driveway and a couple other neighbors' driveways. Um, and every year we lose power because power lines are always getting trees falling out of them on this hill. So they're clearing out all the trees and using a wood chipper <laughs> to destroy all the down limbs. And it's like hundreds of limbs by the time they get to the top of the thing. So there's this wood chipper every five minutes just going off. And it's so freaking loud. Like wood chippers, for those who've never heard one, like like if you think a lawnmower is loud or if you think like a leaf blower is loud, they're nothing compared to a freaking wood chipper, man. So anyway, I when I wanted to do the recording, there was the wood chipper and then the plumber was here and he's working too close to where I record with pipes being banged and all kinds of stuff. Um, so I lost my window yesterday and I'm sorry, folks, I really am. It's just like 2020 has just been one long pain in the ass. So we're getting to the end. Hopefully it's like, you know, flipping a switch when we get to 2021. Anyway, uh, too long of a windup. Let's get into um, this week 10 slate. Um, so what's the first thing that I want to talk about are the early games. And we'll sort of talk about them as a group. I'm really only looking at two, maybe two and a half of these games. I'm really not, I don't think, going to get involved much with Houston at Cleveland because the wind really looks oppressive. Uh, it looks bad with Jacksonville and Green Bay as well. So I'm just, I'm probably going to stay out of those games because I think they're going to be unpredictable. Um, you know, I really like Devontae Adams going in and you can get to Devontae with the way the pricing works this week. There's a lot of sort of loose pricing. But I just don't feel like the game conditions are going to set up for a receiver to just get peppered. Uh, moreover, I think Green Bay has a home field advantage here. They've got the quarterback advantage. I just feel like Green Bay is going to handle this game. And it's it's. I, th I think the thing you might want to play here is the Green Bay defense for 3,700. Um, now, Washington at Detroit were in a dome. Uh, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of points to be had in this game if you listen to Vegas. Uh, Galladay's out, so like playing Stafford to me is crazy. I'm not playing Alex Smith. I'm not even getting involved in that. Um, I do think you can mess around with some Swift in big GPPs here. You could mess around with some cheap Amendola, uh, some Hawkinson, unless we hear something bad before kickoff. Uh, on the other side, I think in large field GPPs, if you wanted to mess around with some Gibson, uh, Antonio Gibson at 5,600, I can see that making sense because this is a game where he actually... If you get him 15 touches, he could take a couple to the house. Um, and I think McLaurin is viable, although he's priced up. Um, but this game doesn't really, there's really no have to haves in this game. 
Uh, I don't want any, either one of the defenses. Um, and back to Houston for a second. You know, Deshaun was one of my early quarterbacks this week. Really liked the idea of playing Watson in this game. But, you know, with wins, again, we're talking about sustained wins going up to the 30-mile-an-hour area. That's bad. I don't care about the gusts. Uh, the, the players understand when the wind is gusting. It'll be a run play. Uh, you know, they'll, they'll deal with that. But it's, it's the sustained wins throughout the day that are really the thing that we want to worry ourselves about. And again, in both uh, the Green Bay and the Cleveland game, I don't like what I see. Uh, and given that we've got a big slate, there's really no reason to you know, force anything in there. Um, now, the other games on the early slate, you've got the Eagles at the Giants, which when you look at it on paper, when you look at what Vegas has to say about it, if you read a lot of the things that smart people are writing, there are good arguments to get involved in this game. Here's my problem, and I'm just going to admit right off the bat that this is not scientific. This is like my collective memory having watched more Eagles-Giants games than I could ever remember. I've watched so many of these things. And the Eagles and the Giants in a wet day in New York, the potential for this game to be one of these ugly divisional games that never gets off the ground into the like late in the second quarter, I mean, it's really there. So, you know, I'm tempted to try some game stacking in this game. But I think I'm going to just avoid it. You know, if you guys want to go there, there are some good reasons to do it. Um, but I'm just going to get into the, the basic nuts and bolts of this game. I think both defenses are in play, uh, particularly the Giants because you save money. Uh, obviously, Wentz takes sacks, and, and he's been making some poor decisions, and the weather is not great. So I think the Giants at 2,700 are definitely in play. I think Sterling Shepard's in play as long as the, the rain you know, isn't too bad. Obviously, we'll be able to get a good feel for this weather. We're almost four hours away from kickoff as I record this. Uh, I think Evan Ingram's in play. I think Gallman is going to get about 80% of the juice. I think he's in play. The problem with Gallman is that he needs to do it via the passing game. That makes it a little tougher. So as much, if Gallman was in a plus matchup here, I'd be all over him. Against the Eagles, eh, probably not so much. I think it's seasonal. He's not a bad RB2 because this is a shit week. Excuse my French. Um, on the Philly side, I think Sanders, Miles Sanders at 6,400, I don't want to call him a must play, but I think he's going to be one of my more popular running back options this week. I think my exposure to Miles Sanders in my lineups will probably be somewhere in the 50% area. The same will go for Dallas Goddard, who should have a full-time role uh, coming in at a low 4,200 number. He will be chalky if you're looking for a less chalky tight end. Uh, we'll have some other options for you. Hawkinson was already mentioned. He's not a bad one. Um, Goddard could be the chalky tight end this week. Um, and then I think if you're looking for you know more of a lightning in a bottle kind of play, I think Rieger at 4,200, um, you know, being priced down so far. Uh, I think in a GPP, um, if you wanted to say if you wanted to leverage all the people who are going to be rostering Miles Sanders. And in a GPP, bet on the touchdowns going to Rieger. Uh, that could be an interesting way to gain leverage on the field. Also a pretty good chance that you'll get hurt on that, though, just, you know, to be fair. Uh, and then the game that I really like on the morning portion of the day, excuse me, the early afternoon portion, uh, is Tampa at Carolina. The weather is going to be fine. Um, and this sets up, and I'll, you know what, let's just hit this now. This uh, is about the whole slate. But there were four games well, four teams, four games and then four teams that I sort of looked at 
the other day where I thought one, you know, the, the, the lower, the, the, the underdog team I felt was really the key to these games. Um, and the four teams are Carolina at uh, 22.25, Denver at 23.5, the Chargers at 22.5, the Bengals at 19.75. Those numbers are a couple days old. The Lions may have moved a little bit. Those are implied point totals. To me, those were really the four key teams on the slate. For me, if I thought those teams were going to come in above, if they were going to hit their overs, I felt like these games became stackable games. So if so, my point here is, if you think Carolina is going to score 25 points, then I think Tampa Carolina is a stackable game for you. If you think Denver is going to hit over 23-5, they're going to hit like 25-26. I think Denver and the Raiders, very stackable game. If the Chargers are going to score points, and this is the one where I actually have decided that, yeah, this is what I want to do, I feel like the Chargers are going to be right there with Miami. I think they're, I think that game's going to hit 50. So to me, that's sort of the, the low-key game stack you can go to if you want to avoid the popular stacks, which we'll get to in a second. And then I decided against Cincinnati. But those were the four key teams to me. If you think Carolina, Denver, the Chargers, or the Bengals are going to go over their totals, then I think those games become games that you can stack for what it's worth. Uh, so I'm a little bit more focused on the Tampa side. Uh, I may do a stack, or I may just decide to do like a Brady stack. The thing with Brady is you can play Brady and Antonio Brown for twelve hundred, well, for 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 twelve thousand one hundred. For, for just for context, like a Russ DK stack is fifteen thousand three hundred. So you know, I could see the Brady AB stack hitting. I think there's a decent chance it hits. And you're getting a stack at, you know, basically 1200 bucks saves you a ton of money. It gives you a lot of flexibility. So if you don't mind rolling the bones with Brady, I think you can put a really outstanding lineup together around him if you go that way. Um, and then bringbacks from the Carolina side are not hard to find. You can just bring back Mike Davis. You can bring back Robbie Anderson. You can bring back Samuel at 4900 and open up even more salary. Um, so this is a game stack where you could just play you know, four or five guys in this game, and then every other position you take, you could pretty much spend as much as you want. Um, but I think the popular games this week, and you guys probably don't need me to tell you this, um, are going to be Buffalo at Arizona, obviously, and then Seattle uh, at the Rams. Uh, I'm fading Seattle Rams a little bit. The more I look at it, the more I want to get involved somewhat. But the Seattle side, I'm just, they're priced up so high in a tough matchup. So I think to me, Lockett is in play because I can see ways where he could be sneaking free and have a decent day. Um, you know, maybe you could play David Moore if you're feeling saucy. I could see the ball flowing to him. But overall, I feel like it's so hard to fade Seattle. And I think not many people are going to do it that this is a week where it might work. So I'm, I, I may actually fade Seattle, which is a little insane. But what I might choose to do is sort of fade the Seahawks side, game stack the Rams, and bring back Lockett or something like that. Uh, I do think Goff has a chance to be pass-heavy in this game, um, and he's easily stackable. He's got, uh, you can go with, um, you know, Woods or Cup and then bring back a cheap option like a Reynolds or an Everett, and I think you'd be in nice shape. Then you bring back Lockett on the other side. Uh, you're not spending a ton of money. You still have a lot of really good options. Uh, but the stacks I really want to hit, 
I think are going to be the Kyler stacks. I just really like him in this game. I'll probably do some Allen stacks too. Initially, I was sort of put off by this game by the price. But the more I look at it, it's just so much better in terms of its explosivity. Um, that I'm, I'm probably not going to be totally heavy this week because I haven't had as much time as I wanted because <laughs> it's been one of those uh, 2020 weeks. Um, now, I was able to get all my work done, don't get me wrong. Uh, but I didn't have as much time to do lineup construction as I want to have. So I may do like eight lineups this week where normally I, I like I prefer to be like 15 to 20. Anyway, so what I may do is like have like four Kyler lineups, a couple Allen lineups, and then stack a couple other quarterbacks for kicks and giggles. Um, and this game is really compelling. You can look at it so many different ways. Uh, I think on the Buffalo side, I have some mild interest in using Moss, but I think Diggs and Smokey Brown, obviously, uh, you know, guys you want to get involved in. Gabe Davis, if you want to go off the board a little, he's cheap, and he would have some long touchdown potential in this game. Um, Diggs matches up insanely well uh, against the way Arizona plays defense, so he's going to be really popular. But I don't mind, you know, hopefully he's not popular with the Sharps. Hopefully he's popular in a lot of bad lineups. Uh, and if you can come in with a Sharp Diggs lineup, you can still do some damage. Uh, and then on the other side, um, I feel like Nuke is going to be low-owned because a lot of people are going to go to Kirk since he's had success and you save 2K. So I'm definitely going to have some Kirk Diggs. But I think doing some Nuke Diggs, some Kyler Nuke Diggs stacks makes some sense. Um depending on what you can do, you know, with your other six players. Um, and then the one other game uh, that I want to talk about, and I, I, I alluded to it that I liked it earlier, is, I, you know, I think the Chargers can come in above. Um, so, when, you know, those other quarterbacks I was talking about might just be a couple of Herbert stacks, uh, or maybe a Herbert and a Tua. I, I'm very into Herbert and uh, somewhat into Tua in this game. I think, um, and I can't, man, I think... Wes Huber might have been the guy who was talking about this, um, but the, the and look, we we know how the Chargers play zone. We've talked about it all year. I think that that approach really plays into what Tua does well, and I think Parker, I mean Devontae Parker at five K, it's going to be really hard for me to keep him out of my lineups this week. I just think he sets up so well. Um, you could do a Tua Parker Jakeem Grant stack, and I mean you're looking at what. Oh, man. I mean, you're looking at like 13-6. That's insane. And then you can bring back Mike Williams or Keenan Allen, both of them reasonably priced, especially Mike Williams. Um, you can go the other way. You could stack Williams and Keenan with Herbert and bring back Jaquim or Parker. I really like the way these stacks set up. Um, so to me, the, those are the two games where I think my quarterbacks are going to be located in. And then there's a lot of guys that I like outside of those games as well. So that's sort of how I see the slate. The other games that I'm interested in, well, the other game that I'm interested in is um, San Francisco at New Orleans. I really like the New Orleans defense at 3K in that game. I like Breeze a lot, although like when I was talking to Jim on um, the Fantasy Football Hour, 
you know, I like Breeze, but he's not cheap enough for me because I still worry about Taysom Hill just a little bit. Um, I think I'd rather tap into Breeze's strength by playing Michael Thomas, who's really low at 7,400. I'd like to get some Michael Thomas exposure. And if I'm not playing Thomas, I want AK. I think I'll probably have one or the other in most of my lineups. And then if you do, if you do want to stack Breeze, the bringbacks are really nice. I think Richie James at 4K, not bad at all. I think uh, Ayuk, good solid bringback. So um, if you do want to stack this game, it's it's not hard to do. Um, and I, I could see it working out. I mean, in a GPP, I mean, all you need is Taysom Hill not to get the touchdowns, and you're in good shape. So, um, you know, I, I could see some sharps like in this game more than me, uh, to be honest. Um, Pittsburgh Bengals, there's potential there. If Pittsburgh wasn't quite so, you know, <laughs> brutal uh, with the pressure they put on quarterbacks, I might buy into this game. If I felt like uh, Burrow is going to have any time to throw. I might buy into this because I think Pittsburgh's in a spot where they can, you know, um, rack up a lot of points. Uh, but I feel like Burrow is just going to get sacked so many times in this game. They don't have any run game to p make Pittsburgh play honest. I just there's too many ways where this game is ugly. Um, so, you know, my focus just to sort of wrap up this mini little slate walk, my focus is definitely on Buffalo, Arizona. Um, and then my next game that I'm most interested in is Chargers, Miami. Interest in Seattle Rams more on the Rams side because I think the pricing uh, is better. And I think more people will want to play Seattle. So I think, you know, Ram stacks can work, um, both from a standpoint of ownership and, you know, game environment. Um, and then, you know, I, I have some love for uh, Tampa and Carolina as well. Okay, so that's sort of my, hey, got that in, in under 20 minutes. That's good. That gives us another 10 to 20 to work on um, these position groups, which we're going to get to now. Oh, and, you know, actually one more thing. Um, while we're sitting here looking at the slate, um, sort of from above, you know, pull back, macro, whatever, um, it is an unusual slate. I can't believe I didn't mention this right at the top, but we only have five early games, and we're looking at six late games. So, it, you know, they sort of flipped this one uh, on its uh, head. I guess it had something to do with uh, golf or whatnot. Um, so in that, a lot of the games that I like, I, we, whatever, a lot of the games that, you know, I think the masses are going to want to play are in the later part of the day. So you do have some ability to set up some late swapping if you're into that. I think this is going to be like the late swap slate uh, of the year, maybe of the last couple of years. Um, so you can do a lot of different things, um, you know, with your morning portions of your lineups, uh, then get a good look at what's going on, say at three o'clock, and you can start crafting your afternoon um uh, portions to fit what's already happened. It's going to be that kind of day. Um, and, you know, we do have some guys, um, I think, oh, who said that? I think it was, um, oh, it was, it, it was Drew, it was Dinkmeyer who said this. Um, and it, this doesn't really matter at this point because I think probably Kenyon Drake's going to play. But if Kenyon Drake gets ruled out, you can then switch to a guy like Edmonds and catch him at fairly low ownership because most of the people out there don't late swap just for what it's worth. Um, 
and you know, for all we know, that could happen with some other guys too. So this is definitely a day to keep your head in a swivel. You're going to be able to tailor your lineups. Normally, when you go to late swap and there's two or three games sitting there that you can really work with, you don't have enough options. You end up losing a lot of salary and punch in your lineup. But when you've got six games to choose from, you can do a lot of different kinds of late swapping. Um, if your team is underperforming, you can go for upside. If your team's kicking ass, you can sort of look at, at exposures and ways to be more original and stuff like that. So... Um, Definitely a day. If you're going to be around, pay attention to those lineups. Uh, you may be able to late swap your way into some better positions. Um, let's take a look at the running backs to start. Um, we talked about the quarterbacks already. You know, you guys know which ones I plan on playing. Um, if there was some type of ambiguity in there, um, I, most of my quarterbacks are going to be Goff. They're going to be Kyler, some Josh Allen, some Herbert, uh, and I think maybe a little Tua and a little Brady. That's that's pretty much going to be my day. Um, as far as running backs go, let me just rip off the guys who I think are in play. There's about 16 names. Uh, you've got Kamara, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Mike Davis, Nick Chubb, James Robinson, Josh Jacobs, Duke Johnson, James Connor. Make sure I miss these. Oh yeah, DeAndre Swift, Gio Bernard, Zach Moss, Antonio Gibson, Fournette, Gallman, and uh, Salvan Ahmed at 4K. Uh, now, those are the guys who I think are sort of viable to me. Chase Edmonds could become viable if we get a you know a break. Um, but those are the guys I'm really looking at. Now, in terms of the guys I'm actually putting into my lineups, I think for the most part, with the, and I'm doing mostly GPPs this week for what it's worth, um, you know, and again, certainly any of the names I just mentioned can slip into a lineup, but the guys who I think are going to be in most of my lineups are Kamara, Aaron Jones, Miles Sanders, Mike Davis, and some Nick Chubb. That's probably going to be most of it. Um, and let's talk about Mike Davis while we're there. Obviously, Mike Davis is sort of the elephant in the room at running back. You will probably gain almost no advantage by playing Mike Davis. I am looking at this not so much from a standpoint of trying to differentiate. To me, Davis is just a free square. He's one of the few running backs in the slate, regardless of price, who we can mark down for, you know, like 16 touches. Like, there's no other back there who's really going to take anything from him. He's probably going to lose more touches to Samuel, who's a wide receiver, than any of the running backs. So Davis is locked in, high workload. That in and of itself is worth something. The fact that he's at the price floor, that's a free square, and I'm just going to take it. Now, look, you want to get into game theory and fade him to get yourself to a unique spot? God bless you. I think there's some... There's some rhyme and reason to doing that. But for me, I'm contrarian enough in general where I can take that free square. And usually by the time I'm done with my next eight spots, I've got enough uniqueness to my to my lineup. So I am going to be doing a lot of Mike Davis this week. Now, I don't think he's got that 30-point ceiling that we've seen. I think he's probably going to be a guy who's got a, you know, a, a floor due to the receptions. You know, I think he catches five, six, seven, eight balls in this game. Uh, if he runs for over 50 yards, we're in good shape. If he finds a way to get into the end zone, we're in great shape. Uh, but what this is, is, is a, it's a salary expander for your total team, and it's a floor play. So you're getting a lot of floor and a lot of salary relief. Um, the, the one thing about it that I think is compelling is that you can find other ways to get that salary salary relief. So, you know, when I've, you know, if I'm doing one of those two stacks or if I'm doing one of those Brady stacks, um, 
I will be using some players that are so cheap that if I put Davis in that same lineup, it almost becomes difficult. Even if you put in Waller at 5,900 at tight end and use an expensive defense, you're still not using all of your salary. So there are some constructions where the Davis play is easy to avoid. The only problem with it is that it's still a really good play. Um, so there are some builds that I'll probably have that don't have Davis, uh, but it's not because he's not a good play. He's the one piece of chalk that I think I would eat this week, along with probably Devontae Parker, who we'll get to in a second. Um, so Davis, I think, is a core play. Sanders is going to be a core play. And then most of the other stuff that I'm squeezing in there will be Aaron Jones, Kamara, um, Nick Chubb, maybe a little James Robinson um, because we love the thin distribution of touches. The only problem with Robinson is game script could hurt him in this game um, just because his quarterback might be in over his head. Um so the play is you're just sort of hoping they give Robinson enough early that he plays well enough to keep the game script open so he can keep running well into the third quarter and then he could have something if he gets into the zone because it is a good matchup on the ground. Um, and then the, the rest of these guys are really just guys you know you might throw into a GPP lineup. Like some small exposure to Josh Jacobs I think makes some sense. I think some exposure to Duke Johnson makes some sense. Um, DeAndre Swift in GPPs makes sense. We talked about why Antonio Gibson makes some sense. Leonard Fournette I think could have a, is a sneaky bet to have a multiple touchdown day, uh, but he could also do next to nothing. So you know obviously none of these guys belong anywhere near a cash lineup. All right, let's um, let's jump over to receivers. So, you know, as with the running backs, there are a lot of receivers on this slate who I'm very willing to consider. Um, so, guys who are sort of in my window, um, going in a very general sense, sort of high cost to low cost. Uh, Devonte Adams, Deion, um, although. Devontae, almost, you know, hard to get to at 9K given the weather. So Devontae's sort of off, but I really love the play if the weather ends up being good. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Steph Diggs, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, McLaurin, Lockett, Cup, Woods, Robbie Anderson, Antonio Brown, Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, Ayuk, Mike Williams, Chase Claypool, DJ Moore, John Brown, Sterling Shepard, Curtis Samuel, Jalen Rieger, Richie, Richie James, Josh Reynolds, Gabriel Davis, K.J. Hamler, and all the way down to the price floor, Jaquim Grant on the Dolphins. Now, that's like 25 guys, okay? Um, I am not going to have exposure to every single one of those players, not making enough lineups. But they're all in play, okay? Now, for my more condensed list, um, New Hopkins, Steph Diggs, Michael Thomas, Keenan Allen, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, Antonio Brown, Devontae Parker, Christian Kirk, and Mike Williams. Um... You can even hammer that list down a little bit more. The guys who I really, really, really want to play this week, um, probably Diggs, Keenan Allen, the two Rams receivers, Antonio Brown, and Devontae Parker. Um, it's possible that some of these guys might not even make it into my lineups because really how these guys get into my lineups is via stacks. I'm going to be stacking every single lineup I make this week. So, you know, a lot of these receiver exposures are going to be relative to my quarterback exposures. That's just how it's going to happen. But these are the guys I really like. Now, just, a, you know, a few quick words on why I like some of these guys or, you know, um, some things that uh, I've picked up uh, throughout the week, um, you know, th things that, you know, it's worth remembering. Um, 
I think, for one, Seattle really just beaten up at their cornerback position. Shaquille Griffin uh, with a concussion, not going to play. Um, when you look at Josh Reynolds, if you're looking for a cheap receiver, the reason I like Reynolds is just the trending in his targets. If you look at his last four weeks, four, five, eight, and then nine, so he's just sort of crawling up. Now, I'm not saying this week is 10. <laughs> he's probably more likely to be five than 10, uh, but for a guy who's going to be in a good game environment and he's priced at 3500 if you need um, a, you know, if you're doing a game stack with Seattle and the Rams and you need some, you know, cost relief, uh, I don't think it gets much better than Reynolds in that game. Um, you could go to Moore on the other side. Um, uh, now, if you go down um, uh, to the uh, San Francisco uh, Saints game, uh, you know, the, the 49ers, they're just decimated in their secondary. They're just completely beat up. I mean, they, they just don't have anybody um, who's going to be able to cover Michael Thomas, um, who's going to be moved around. I mean, they've got basically one guy back there. Um, so really, it's going to be easy for the Saints to throw this week, which is the reason I don't think they'll run as much. And I think there, it makes some sense. The Saints need to get the rhythm back in their passing game, and I think this is going to be a chance for them to do it. Um you know, as far as the reason I like the Devontae Parker play, um, I was talking about this earlier, I think, on the show with Jim. I, I like the way this game sets up for both quarterbacks. Uh, I think they're gonna, both teams are going to be able to throw in this game. Um, when it comes to Parker, you know, you're, you're looking at um, a Chargers team that's got so many injuries in the secondary, and now they're going to be playing without Bosa. I mean, they can probably function with Derwin James and without Bosa, you know, and with Bosa and without Derwin James. But to not have both, uh, I think, you know, two is in a really good spot this week. Um, um, and, you know, look, Parker's sitting there, um, you know, Preston Preston William, um, Williams is gone, um, and, you know, Ford's been traded to the Patriots. It's really going to be Parker and Jaquim Grant. So you've got a really good throwing situation, a game where they're going to need to throw. They don't have their primary running back. They couldn't go run heavy if they wanted to. Um, and you've got thin target distribution with Parker, Jaquim, you know, and maybe Gasecki gets involved. So I, I just like the way this sets up for stacking two, if you want to go there. I like the way it sets up um, for the ball to flow to Parker. And let's not forget, Chan Gailey is the guy running this offense, right? And Chan Gailey, one thing we know about him, he is more than willing to say, hey, I know where my matchup is and I'm going to hammer that matchup. If you ever watched the Jets when Gailey was coaching him, he would sit there and target Decker and Brandon Marshall until the effing cows came home. And to me, this is a game where that could easily happen uh, with Parker, who's sitting there at 5K. I mean, look, I'm going to be overexposed to Parker, I'm telling you right now. If it doesn't work, I'm not even going to be mad at myself because I know it was the right thing to do. Um, and on the other side, you know, Keenan Allen, I think, is just as good a play. Um, you just pay $2,100 more for it. You know, I mean, like, normally to me, when you see a guy with Parker's setup, he should be priced at $7,500. He's sitting there at five k. So you can basically put Parker and Jaquim Grant on the field for what it ought to cost just to, just to roster Parker. So you've got, if you want a Herbert stack, the bringbacks are beautiful. And if you want a Tua stack, it's easy to put two of his guys on his team for cheap, have a ton of upside, and then have really nice bringbacks available. So, um, you know, I don't know if this game's going to work, but if it works, the, you know, the stacking, uh, you know, the choices to stack are just wonderful. I, I think I may do like three or four different variations on this game. Okay, um, let's 
Let's talk about some tight ends here. I've heard a lot of people saying that the tight ends stink this week. Now, look, I understand that there's no, like, super elite option. There's no 7K tight ends this week. And it is a shame because if you had, like, Kelsey in a phenomenal Kelsey matchup and he was, like, 7500 bucks, like he was just sky high for a tight end, this is a week you could pay it. So to me, that's sort of the reason why I'm bummed out there's no elite tight ends because I could probably find a way to afford it without hurting my lineup. But having said that, um, you know, Goddard, we talked about him. I think Goddard and Waller will be the two chalk options. Walter is the obvious, Waller is the obvious payup, and Goddard is the obvious, you know, cost-considered bargain. But I think Hawkinson at 51 is a good play. I think Fant at 49 is a decent play. I think Ebron at 44 in a GPP. Now, look, Ebron can, can sort of crap out he can go three for you know 20 or something like that but you're talking about a game where the matchup itself is good for him the, the Bengals is a good matchup for a tight end particularly an athletic one so it's a good matchup just straight up then you have to factor in that you know the, the Bengals sort of funnel the ball to tight ends in some ways and um, remember Vance McDonald's not around so you know you know, it's a good matchup, and he's going to be out there like every play. So Ebron, you know, at 4,400, I think, has multiple touchdown upside in this game. He's got legit ceiling, but I do think there's some floor issues too. Uh, but, you know, to me, some 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 Ebron exposure makes all the sense in the world. I think Evan Ingram uh, at 4,500 is a pretty good play, uh, you know, considering the Giants are going to be chasing. Um, and you've got um, Slayton's going to be probably locked down by Darius Slay. So I think the ball could find its way to Ingram a lot and then if you want to pay down you could go um, to Everett at 3100 or you could go to uh, Kyle actually no you can't go to Kyle Rudolph sorry he's off the main slate uh, so there's a lot of options at tight end my basic tight end play this week is I'm probably going to do it's going to be one of the last pieces I add like okay I love this team now which one of these tight ends can I afford and I'll just sort of go that way or I will try to correlate my tight end within the stack if possible um, you know that's definitely doable um, with Waller, it's definitely doable with Fant, um, with Ebron, um, well maybe not with Ebron, but you know I think correlating is definitely an option. Um, you could do that with uh, Gasecki or Henry if you're doing uh, a Charger um, Miami game. Um, so that's you know that's pretty much where I'm at with it. The defenses I like if I can pay up to Pittsburgh or to Green Bay. I don't mind doing it. Um, if I can't get up there, then I think, you know, I'd, I'd like to get to 3K for the Saints. If I can't get to 3K for the Saints, I think the Giants at 2,700 uh, is a reasonable way to go. Um, let me see, anything else out there? One thing, this is a week where it's really easy to get super duper chalky. So, you know, be somewhat cognizant of that if you're playing in a tournament where you really want to win it and it's, you know, it's a big field. Be careful, be careful about not being just too chalky. Um, like if you play Devontae Parker, you know, and you're playing Kyler, and you're playing Mike Davis, you know, and you're playing um, Keenan Allen, you know, at some point you need to break free and put a couple guys in, you know, you know Goddard's your tight end. Um, you know, at some point you do need a, a couple original chips in there. Um, so don't forget about that. Um, and just, you know, it's a week where it's one of those big field weeks. There's a lot of ways you can go. Um, it's important to really focus on making sure everybody in your lineup can hit for ceiling. Um, we like those thin touch distributions anywhere we can find them. Um, like, I like I said to you, I'm doing a stack and a bring back in every single lineup I create. Uh, I strongly suggest that you folks do the same. And uh, 
hopefully we construct some winners and uh, we're clinking glasses later in the day. Um, and that's going to do it for uh, this version of the Rotobon DF podcast. Sorry I couldn't do the longer version yesterday. It's been one of those weeks. But uh, I do have my mojo back for what it's worth. Uh, I've gotten some sleep over the last week. I'm feeling energized and I'm really looking forward to week 11. And I'm really looking forward to making lineups over the next three hours. Uh, it's going to be fun. So have a great Sunday, and I'll see you guys soon. Do the handshake drugs I bought downtown.